Justin Goddard alongside Cameron Klein. Cameron sitting all the way in his, the comforts of his own home as he shakes his head with just a little bit of frustration, but then gives me the good old thumbs up. And I, myself, sitting in the safe campus of Penn State, Harrisburg. Cameron, it's a, uh, it's, a, it's been a warm last week or so. Actually, a little bit longer than a last week, but... How are you doing on this beautiful Thursday afternoon? I'm good, dude. I'm good. It's going to get warm. It's going to be warm tomorrow again, and throughout the weekend, actually, it's supposed to be pretty nice. Um, yes, so it's true. The weekend cold, ahead is guess, very, um, very nice. But yeah, uh, yeah, no, just technical difficulties, iPhones. Anyway, <laughs> um, you know, what, what are you going to do? It's fine. What are you going to do? We're it's, here. It's, something that it's, it's become kind of like law in the Fly Guys podcast world that we do have some technical difficulties every now and then. We've been smooth, uh, sailing so smoothly over the last couple of days our last couple shows that we were due for something a little along the lines of that. Yeah, it was bound to happen. Bound to happen. Nothing, nothing too severe that we couldn't handle. No. Uh, Cameron, we're coming to you on this Thursday afternoon. There's so much happening around us right now. Just things. It's almost impossible to keep up with everything. James Harden's out a month. Travis yeah. Konechny tried to fight Austin Matthews, but then he bitched out. Like, all these little things are happening. And then you have the big, massive things. The Philadelphia Phillies are entrenched in a World Series battle against the Houston Astros, which we'll be talking about at great depths. The Philadelphia Eagles are 7-0. and They'll be playing tonight against the 1-5-1 and Houston Texans. So you have a Phillies World Series game tonight in Philadelphia, and then over in Houston, where that same World Series team will be playing in Philadelphia, you have their football team taking on the football team from Philadelphia. So it's a real Houston-Philadelphia matchup tonight, which you figure, you certainly would figure one result is almost a shoo-in to be the correct answer of how you expect it to go. You would think. Not so I, much the other one. Yeah, I, the, the Eagles game, it's it's they should win, obviously. Like, on paper, it's, they it's, should win, it's yeah. ridiculous to even consider that they would lose. But that's one of those games where it's a trap game. You know, don't Absolutely get caught. Absolutely a trap game on Just a short Just don't get week. caught. Yeah, exactly. Can't get caught here. But I honestly, dude, I think with Jalen Hurts, one of my favorite things about him is his ability to keep everybody focused, um, to keep his eyes on the prize, you know, if you will. But that's one of my favorite things about him. Like he, every interview he has, he's just he's just on it. He gets it as a leader. So I think I, I have no doubt in my mind the Eagles are going to win. Um, Phillies and Astros. <sighs> I, I, I'll start this off by saying, you know, I think it was a little foolish of a lot of us to think that it was going to be done within five games. I mean, the Astros have, like, the best pitching in baseball, so, you know, we can't really be too upset about it, you know, necessarily. Um, dude, it's funny, because, like, I'm on my way home from work today, I stop at a Wawa to do a tinkle, and this guy is... <laughs> I knew you left it. This guy... Is like at the register, you know, doing whatever, and he's just like asking the guy about the Phillies. He's like, "You watch Phillies last night? Which one?" It's just like, "Yeah, man, we're we're on the Roosevelt Boulevard. Everybody here has watched the Phillies last night." But he was like, "Effing team!" And I thought to myself, "I'm like, are you talking about like the the Phillies, the team uh, that like if it wasn't for a restructured playoff structure, they wouldn't even be in the playoffs right now?" Like, come on, how could you be angry that they lost to one of the best teams in the league, if not the best team in the league? Yeah, I'm. Like that that's what I'm not gonna stand for is this idea that they were supposed to wrap this up in five games. Listen, it was a pipe dream. What we wanted to see happen versus what was actually going to happen was never gonna be the same. It was right, never yeah. gonna work out. Yeah. I asked for a split in Houston. I got the first game and yeah. then what does my Homer Homerism mind do? Oh my god. They could go up two nothing against the Houston Astros. Yeah. And obviously that doesn't happen. But then you settle back down, you go, Okay, you got one. In Houston, now you got to go win Game Three. That's the that's the next big one right there. Game Three is the big one. What happens? They go and win it. 
Yes. Big time. But win it big time, too. Oh, oh my goodness. They could go up 3-1. Aaron Nola is pitching tomorrow. Oh, my God. I don't know who this Christian Vasquez guy is. I've never heard of him before. Maybe we could pound him the way we pounded McCullers. Yeah. It doesn't happen. And not only does it not happen, the Phillies get no hit last night, which is only the second time in World Series history that's ever happened. And that means there's now been two playoff no-hitters in Philadelphia. Doc Halliday in 2010 against the Reds. And now uh, Vasquez and a bunch of yuppies in a, in a great bullpen that Houston has against the Phillies. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you brought no-hit- the – the no-hitter up because that same guy, Wawa, also said that wasn't a real no-hitter anyway. And I was like, what exactly do you consider a no-hitter then? Because no hits were registered. Well, here's the thing. I see what he's saying in the terms of like, I don't think it should be celebrated the way a typical no-hitter is. Like a no-hitter to me is the pitcher went the full nine innings. He did all the dirty work. It's more, it's a pitcher celebration. When you have a collective no-hitter, I'm not saying that that's not impressive. I'm saying that I don't. I wouldn't put it in the same lore as like Dallas Braden going all nine innings for the Oakland Oakland Athletics or Chris Sale, uh, Roy Halladay, Cole Hamels. Like you know, guys that threw 100, 115 pitches to get to that point. But with that being said, it's still a bad look if you're a Philadelphia Phillies fan. And yeah, and I get like I get that. I get like oh these these guys don't you know they're not throwing the whole game anymore. But that that just doesn't happen anymore. So like it, it's, it's a no hitter. They didn't get they didn't get a hit. Like sure, did, it doesn't go to that pitcher, but like that's just at the end of the day that that's what happened. It just it's so fine. So now, here we are, Cameron. Yeah. As we sit as we sit across the screens from one another. Yep. This is it. This is it. If you win tonight, you're probably taking home a world title. If you lose tonight, you're probably not taking home a world title. If you lose tonight, you're definitely not. If yeah. you have to go back to Houston and they only have if to you win, win one okay, game. Okay, I shouldn't say probably if you win tonight, you're taking over. If you win tonight, you just you just give yourself that much more of an opportunity. Yeah, oh yeah. If you win tonight, like it's the door's still wide open for you. It's still right there. Whereas, But yeah, I agree. If, like, if, if you, you lose tonight, it's you're, over. you're done. You're yeah, done. it's over. Yeah. So, coming into this series, I would have told you, no pressure on the Phillies. We weren't even supposed to be here. Expanded playoff format, Bryce is on the DH, and the first year that the DH becomes an actual thing. We did. <laughs> we did say that. We both did. <laughs> I don't know if I can say the same thing about tonight, though. I think the pressure is on the Philadelphia Phillies for a change. I think that this is their last regular – this is not their last regular season game. This is their last game at home of the season in a season that has been up and down and up and down in every which way that you could possibly talk about it. I really think that they need to feel the pressure a little bit of, one, getting some hits, but also jumping on Justin Verlander early. This is – this is it. This is it. This is your season. Either you win yeah. and you stand a wonderful opportunity and you are knocking on the door of something incredible or you lose tonight and you are really playing against some extremely, extremely astronomical odds. Yeah, like I I, I agree with you that the kind of the pressure is now flipped or at least it maybe it's it stabilized between the two teams mm-hmm. because you have Houston, which coming into this series, they regular season wise, roster wise, they're, they're on paper the better team. Um, so when they come in with that mindset and then they, then they lose, they're down the series two to one. Um, but they win again and they win in a dominant fashion in the best way that they possibly could, given the fact of how their team is built. So, yep. right. So the, in, to them, they're just like, okay, like we got, we got the skeleton off our, we got the monkey off our back. We got the skeleton out of our closet. We've exercised the demons, so on and so forth. And on the flip side, you got the Phillies who have not lost at home all postseason, And now they have for the first time, they have not dealt with this before. This team has not dealt with a postseason loss before. That's a fact. 
So now the pressure's on, like you said. It's it's like, okay, how are you going to respond to losing in your own house? And not just losing in your own house, getting no hit in your own house. That's tough. Getting embarrassed. You got embarrassed. Yeah, yeah. And I, I do like what I've, I've been seeing from the players. I saw uh, Kyle Schwarber when asked about the no-hitter. He was like, I don't give a shit. To me, that's the right mindset to have. So I, I I'm not... You know, I'm not shaking in my boots because, like, um, that, you but, know. but he's right about that. Because he at is. the end of the day, get, getting no hit is obviously tough. But like, the more important thing is that you lost the game than getting no hit because now yeah. the series is two two and instead of three one in favor of you guys. And so it's, I, and it's, I think it's not like it should shake your confidence because you you won seven nothing. You had four home runs the last game. Five. You home know runs. you can do it. Five home runs. Yeah, you know you can do it. So it's yeah. like yeah, whatever. It's fine. So. It's gonna. It's gonna be. There's a lot riding on tonight. It's. I don't know how I feel. Last night, if you would asked me, how do you feel about going in tonight? I felt so good. Yeah, me too. I felt so good about last yeah. night going into the game, and I yep. just thought they're not losing tonight. They're not gonna lose. And boy, was I off. And I and I realized I was wrong. Probably by the end of the bottom half of the third, I'm like, oh no, oh no, this does not look like a. It looks like one of those games, the kind mm-hmm. of games where like you're scoreless into the seventh inning. Now, how was I supposed to know they were going to end up getting no hit? But going into tonight, I feel very uneasy. I don't know how confident I am. I don't know how. I'm almost like you know. It's funny when they lost last night. I'm almost so. I'm all, almost as if I'm treating it as if we're the ones that are now down three to one. That right. we're the ones that are. You know, it, it's over for us. But it, it's. I keep having to remind myself. It's two two. If yeah. they win tonight, all of a sudden I'm feeling like a million dollars tomorrow yeah, morning. Yeah, they just have to win one, and they've already won one in Houston. So, like they, again, they can do it. They can. There's no reason why they can't. You'll have so, you'd have Wheeler for Game Six, and that's, then you'd have which is big, a, big. a combination of pitchers for Game Seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So exactly, exactly. I think what hurt the most, and a lot of people were upset with Aaron Nola for the way that he kind of fell apart in the fifth inning. And I and listen, I actually do understand the frustration with Aaron Nola because. He, he was so dominant against the Braves and against the Cardinals and then against the Padres, faltered a little bit here and there. Against the Astros, he has not looked much better. But I, I, I can't help but say this. You're never going to win a game where you don't score a run anyway. So one run would have been one run too many from Aaron Nola. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone, I think, is also just – I think it comes back to this one thing. We're all angry. Because we wanted that one so badly last night. We wanted a chance to close it out in Philadelphia. I think that's what has everyone feeling so hurt. There was this opportunity that was in front of them to go up 3-1 to one and then close it out in the powder blues, all the vibes, everything. And now we're all scared. For the first time all postseason, we're scared. We're scared of falling apart now. I yeah, think that's what everyone's feeling the most, and we and we've seen how far the team has come to get to the point where it's like, you know, and when we first when the when the Phillies first made it in the playoffs, it was just like okay, cool, they made it the playoffs, but the expectations weren't high. But it's like now we know what what could have been achieved, which is a World mm-hmm. Series title. That's that's way more than just like we got in the playoffs. It's way and more. In the back of everyone's mind, let's be frank, you're not guaranteed a spot here next year. You're not no. even guaranteed to make a playoff spot next year. Who the heck knows what's going to happen? Right. The pitch clock is going to mess with a lot of pitchers. We'll see how that goes. No, the, the shift will be gone, so in theory more runs will be scored. How is that going to help the Phillies? Or hurt them, rather? You don't know where you're going to be. Joe Burrow, I said it, I've said it ever since he lost that Super Bowl. It's not a guarantee he ever gets back. No. So if, he, if he's hurt about losing the Super Bowl, I get it. 
I think the fans are scared. I think the fans feel like this. they want it to be this team. This team feels special to them because they've grown with so many of these guys and they've embraced so many of the personalities and the, and the, and the people that have been here. They love Rob Thompson. They love Kyle Schwarber. Don't even get me started on what they love in Bryce Harper. They watched Aaron Nola grow as a rookie. They embraced the contract that Zach Wheeler got. They embraced JT Realmuto. All these things, they don't want this to be that was the Philadelphia that never won. That's what they don't want. Yeah, and I think another thing that strengthens that is, like you said, you're watching these players grow. There's been ups and downs with them. I mean, Reese Hoskins has not always been loved here. He's not even no. fully loved now. Same with Gene Segura. Same with a lot of these guys. Mm-hmm. Nick Castellanos. So throughout the years, maybe not Nick Castellanos this applies to, but throughout the years for a lot of these guys, it's been ups and downs. And usually yeah. ups and downs are what strengthens a relationship with somebody. It makes you feel like you're attached to someone because you went through the lows with them. You went through the highs with them. So yeah, I, I, I agree completely. I think there's a deeper emotional attachment to a lot of these players where it's like, it's our boys. It's our boys. And, and they, I think, they're going up against the Goliath Houston Astros. And the fact that they're going I, toe-to-toe with them is unbelievable. I think when I say these things... I think I'm talking about myself and a great deal of it. I I never realized how badly I could want a championship again. I mean, you get there and it hits you. And obviously, you know, I've experienced the highs of a championship in 08, in 2017. But there was something different about this crew. Every home run they hit felt like the biggest home run in the universe. Yeah, yeah. And I... I've loved Reese Hoskins since he was here. I'm looking at his, you know, a, a little flag of his from when he was with the Reading Fighting Phils in 2016. I, I loved Bryce Harper. I, you know, I have two of his jerseys. I, I, I think that he is the. I think he is already a top five Philadelphia Philly of all time. I, I just had. I hold him in such lore. I truly do love Aaron Nola, and I love Zach Wheeler and Ranger Suarez and Sir Anthony Dominguez and all these guys. And I think when I when I really kind of sit back and in retrospect I want them to win this one so badly not to stick it to Houston not to give a middle finger to Atlanta or the Mets nothing like that I just want it to be this team because this team feels like our team as you said these are our boys these are our guys that we have suffered with enjoyed the highest of highs with gone through the lowest of lows with bring in pieces we fall in love with a Kyle Schwarber. We're asking for Castellanos to do anything at this point. Please, guy, you're, you're, we know that you're good enough. And the struggles obviously continue with him. Segura never was in the playoffs before this year. We want yeah. it for him. I, I, I really wish I could come on here and say, I'm, oh, we've, we can do this. We can still win this. And they can. I just... I just, I guess I'm scared. I guess I just know that if they lose tonight, it's over, and it's just going to be really hard to swallow it. If you know, if if this one goes down the way that it that it could. On the flip side, if they win tonight, I mean, bring me, get me to Saturday as fast as you can. <laughs> like that, that's that. That'll be the reality of it. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly, dude. Exactly. Um. By the time uh. this episode is posted. Either game three will or game five will be just about to start, or will have already started, or maybe it'll be the next day. Who the heck knows? Um, what I can tell you is, I'm just going to speak kind of into the future for anyone listening that maybe it's the day after. If this would, if this, if you're listening to this and they've won the game, 
understand nothing is done yet. They still have business to take care of in Houston. And they their offense cannot go off to these slow starts that they've been doing. Um, they've got to jump on the Houston Astros. They cannot continue to allow themselves to strike out, swing and misses. How many times are we going to see these guys swing and miss against this Houston Astros team? It is beyond frustrating. And you but, could see that yesterday, dude. I mean, you could really see, like... In Game 2 and Game 4, like, oh, God. Dude, like Harper. Like, the, the amount of times he just looked confused he, and angry. Like, the perfect mixture. He wasn't mixture seeing the pitches. Of just he like, God not- damn it. Seriously? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but if if you're listening to this and they've just won, we're one win away. We are one win away from immortality. What did Fred Shiro, the late great Flyers head coach, say? Win today, and we walk to we walk together forever. That's yeah. what it comes down to. If you're listening to this and they've lost, I have nothing to offer you in terms of encouragement because I'm feeling. Believe me. In the moment that you're listening to this and you're feeling as crushed as as you are, I am right there with you. I am feeling as crushed. What I can tell you is you'll be angry. You're going to be sad. You're going to feel like that a great opportunity was missed. But come time or when time comes, a few months down the road, getting towards the new season, you're going to look back and you're going to be really grateful for what this playoff run was. Yeah, Um, you will. But it's just one of those. As as a Flyers fan too, <laughs> yeah, you just you, you you know the empty feeling that 2010 was, mm-hmm. and 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 obviously we know now uh, that they never got back there, as you've mentioned multiple times. So yeah, yeah it's. And, we, but I don't still, want to relive that. And you can still enjoy moments from 2010. You can yeah. absolutely. Oh my god, yeah. Go back and look at highlights of Boston in Game Seven. The entire Montreal series, this opening series against the Devils, go relive games three and four against Chicago. Yeah. But it'll never mean as much to you as it could have if they finished the job against the Blackhawks. Yeah. It never listen, listen watching back to those old highlights of the two thousand four Eagles, the playoff win against the Vikings, the NFC championship game against the Falcons, it it just was missing one thing, and we all know what that one thing was. Same thing with the 2009 Phillies. That was my favorite Phillies team ever, more so than the 08 Phillies, because the 09 Phillies, and this is what the Phillies are. People talk about what is your team's historical identity. The Philadelphia Phillies are not a defensive historical team. They are mashed. Think of the best players they've ever had. Yeah. Mike Schmidt, Ryan Howard, Jimmy Rollins, Chase Sutley, Bryce Harper. Like These are mashers of the baseball. Yes. John Kruk, Lenny Dykstra. And yes, yeah. they obviously have a great pitcher here and there. Steve Carlton, Grover Cleveland, Alexander. They had the, the uh, four uh, aces. Yeah, right. They had the four aces. Right. But like that's the hey, they the four aces didn't win the World Series because their identity has never been to just be defense and pitching. It is we have a stadium where it's the easiest stadium in America to hit a home run in. That's what we're gonna do. Right. So right. tonight, go mash, go smash the bell. That's what I'm asking of you. Please. Yeah. yeah. All these Houston fans that talk about how much it would mean to them to to rewrite the legacy of what uh, – and not that they're even saying that because they don't even acknowledge the cheating scandal. But the players know it. The players know what and the fans, is. And the fans, they they know it too. They, they do, they, they, know they won't it too. tell you. No, because they're just too insecure about it. But they know it too. The, the, all, every single one of them, if they win this series, every single one of them will be the first to be feeling vindicated and say that they yes. feel vindicated. They will act yeah. like it never happened. 
until they win one without cheating, and all of a sudden they'll all be like, oh, thank God we finally got one. We don't have to worry about that shit. They absolutely feel that. If anybody tells you differently, they're lying to you. It's ridiculous. And you might be wondering, does that make you a team of destiny? Well, well, let me just throw some ice cubes in that hot soup that you're eating. You don't think that you as a Phillies fan have gone through enough? You didn't go through 2016. You didn't go through drafting Mickey Moniak, number one. You didn't go through Adam Morgan and uh, and and uh, what's his face uh, um, Garcia in the bullpen. You didn't go through the highs and lows of Hector Neris. You didn't go through Jake Arrieta. You didn't go through Freddie Galvis, Ben Revere, Dom Brown. You didn't go through those guys, Tommy Joseph. You didn't go through these guys. Let me promise you, you've earned it. You've earned it too. We've all earned it after years of of just bad baseball and then extra years of heartbreaking collapses in August and September where the team truly does reach into your chest and rip out your heart because they just hurt you in so many new ways. They can hurt you in more ways as you're seeing, as you're finding out right now. There will always be a way to hurt you in sports, but don't let yourself think that that fan base down there becomes destiny because of how much it would quote unquote mean to them. There's such it a would thing as always. There's no such thing as destiny in sports. I, I don't think there's a such thing as destiny ever. I mean, read a read, read a history novel. There's no such thing. It, it's just <laughs> mayhem, chaos, lunatics, and power. That's like that's it, dude. It's ridiculous. There's the, no if if Houston wins, it's just the fact that they won, that they got the better of us in this in this situation, and that it is what it is. But no one deserves to win more than anybody else. It's ridiculous. I agree. Yeah, and I'm sure some Houston people will will claim that because they they have to for whatever reason to try to make themselves feel better. But, dude, no. It is what it is. Uh, Game time is about just uh, just about two hours from now. Uh, It's 5.50 local time, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, These 8.03 starts have been killing me. Dude, could we just push it back to 7? Could we push it back to 7? if they were playing the Yankees, I think it would be at like seven thirty or something like that. I think Dude. it's because it's it's a Midwest Central start time, and ah, I mean it sucks, man. Oh, dude, I'm it up till sucks. midnight every night. This is ridiculous, dude. I've been I've been emotionally drained. Like that is the thing. That is the thing about <laughs> playoff baseball that I totally forgot about. You you are living and dying with every pitch that gets thrown. Yeah. yeah. And you are just taking so much out of yourself. I don't know what I'm doing tonight. I don't. The Eagles are playing tonight. And I know that they should win. It's a stress-free game. And, oh, my God, Justin, you're going to put as much stock into an Eagles game as a World Series game. And I'm not saying that I am, but I kind of am saying that in a way because I've I've lived and died with every throw the Eagles have ever made. So it's not like I can just, hey, I'll push that to the side for a few hours. No, you can't turn that off. And the thing is, one, football is, let's be honest, the bigger sport in this country. It's, it's the It's the bigger one. The Eagles, it's all about the birds in this city. Um, and... Uh, yeah, dude. I, like one, just two screens. That's what I'm doing. I'm doing laptop, the Eagles, TV with the with the okay. With the so I was going to ask my plan. you. So I would think the, the the general rule here would be smaller screen goes to football, bigger yes. screen got to go to World Series. In yeah, this okay. in this scenario, yeah. But would, okay. the other thing too is you also got to like to kind of defend. You know, I'm going to defend you here. Like there's, I mean, now there's 17 games in the NFL. There's 162 in baseball. Um, so in my opinion. Football games hold ten times as much ten times as much weight as a baseball game, considering there's ten times as many baseball games in a season as there is football games. So kind of yeah, just changes me, once know. it's a World Series game, though. <laughs> it does, it does, but you know, still, 
The, the, you know, um, the birds are seven and zero oh, though, dude. They're like they might be looking at eight and zero oh tonight. Oh my it's god! It's not like this game doesn't matter. Like every game now for the Eagles matters because it's just like, dude, they like looking at their schedule. We talked about it before. They could very easily, very easily go undefeated. It could happen. Could. I shouldn't say very easily, but they could. It's very much in the realm of possibility. I, I got a feeling they have a, they have a letdown loss somewhere in here. Like they Taylor will, Heineke's they gonna, will. Pretty Taylor much Heineke's everybody. going to march yeah. his way into Philadelphia and and like tell it's, Carson Wentz, "Don't worry, man, I got you." And it's like, going to be a division Eagles. rival. It's going to be a division yeah. rival, most likely, and that's what's going to make it sting even worse. Yeah. Um. So while we're on the subject, uh, Miami, you know, seemingly not only back on track, but they've decided. That they're in. They're going all in on this season. Yes, they and are. They're going all in with a uh, big-time name in Bradley Chubb. Now, I, I was very curious to find out your take to this. I didn't text you about it. I want to kind of just have no, – I have no idea what Cameron thinks of this. One, what do you think of the deal? Two, what do you think of the ensuing extension that Bradley Chubb got? I mean, you're paying a lot. I mean, in terms of the deal. We'll talk about the deal first. You are paying a lot, you know, but the first, Chase Edmonds, whatever. However, Chase Edmonds has not really been used since week one. So I'm not really, we're not really losing a lot of sleep there. Um, the first round pick belongs to San Francisco, and ever since Christian McCaffrey came, which he can just do everything. Apparently, um, you know, it's and also just you know, it's great that it was against me in my fantasy league. That was awesome too. <laughs> um, I, dude, he's I drafted him last year. I mean, it's been three years he hasn't played a full goddamn season, and this year, this he looks year, good. He looks good. Anyway, anyway. He gets treated to San Francisco. I have two. I have I had two San Francisco running backs. I had Elijah Mitchell and Jeff Wilson because Elijah Mitchell got hurt. They just both became immediately irrelevant. Immediately irrelevant. It completely. Sc- anyway, I'm not. I'm not here to talk about Christian McCaffrey. Uh, my you can point tell is, how upset Cameron is about it, that. Dude, I was so pissed off on Sunday. I was so pissed. Anyway, but my point is, in San Francisco, they're looking good, right? They're and the NFC is wide open, other than the Eagles, right? So to me, the Eagles are running away with it. It's maybe like the Vikings. Kind of I as still a throw Dallas in there. I, I still think Dallas is a good team, but yeah, yeah sure. Well, um, I'll worry well, about we'll that. We'll see what happens when January rolls around. I know that, but like yeah. as of right now, I'm going to take them that they're a good team. Yeah, but San Francisco. My point is, is that I imagine them. I imagine going to the playoffs. I imagine they're going to go. Playoffs are going to do pretty well for them. They're not going to be a one team loss immediately. So my point is, is that draft pick is going to be in the 20s, possibly the 30s, right? So I'm not really too too worried about losing that as much. And if you're using a first round pick for a guy like Bradley Chubb. That's what you would use a first-round pick for anyway. So, whatever. The contract extension, I get it. At the same time, I mean, the guy hasn't played a snap yet. Let's uh maybe pump the brakes a little bit on the contract extension immediately. Like, immediately. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, if it works out, great. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I'll still wake up on I'll still root well, for them. But part, I, of, part of me believes he wasn't going to – he wouldn't have, you know – he would have like done everything he could to get out of a trade if he knew he wasn't gonna be getting an extension. I agree. It feels like it had to be a part of the trade. I agree. I agree. And my thing is too is you know when you look at the defense that that Miami has, their defensive line is pretty pretty solid. Um, there's not really a lot of missing pieces there. So now you add this guy to the mix, all it's going to do is elevate everyone else's numbers, including his own, because you can't block them all. You can't block him, and Nick Sealer, Christian Wilkins, Jalen Phillips, Emmanuel Ogbaugh. You can't, Melvin Ingram, you can't cover, block all of those guys. Some of them are going to squeak through. No, that was really going to be the question that I was going to ask you. As a guy who doesn't, had has not had a chance to watch really any Miami Dolphins games, was the, like, has pressure been a problem? Like, is was what was the biggest reason you think they wanted to go get Bradley Chubb? I think to be able to compete with Buffalo and, and Kansas City. Mm-hmm. 
I think if you're going to try to go after a guy like Josh Allen, a guy like Patrick Mahomes, who are just slippery, more slippery than eels and getting can get out of everything and sling the ball downfield, you got to have a solid pass rush. Now, Patrick Mahomes, I think you can kind of throw whatever you want at him. He's still going to He's be Patrick pretty Mahomes. confident. And he's still going to get some shit done. But Josh Allen, we've seen Josh Allen before. We've seen him get frustrated when it comes to pressure. So I think it's a kind of the perfect thing to deal with with a with a division rival. Still, yeah. I mean, he's still Josh Allen, but still. Um, I think they're gearing up for the competition. I think that's really what it is. So I'm happy about that. Um, I'm happy that they're all in on something. I'm happy that they truly believe in what they have. And so far, watching how their offense is played, I don't see any reason why they shouldn't be all in. I mean, between the the, the wide receiver duo of Tyreek Hill and, and Jalen Waddle, which I knew was going to be good, I didn't think it was going to be Oh my almost God. almost on the level of of historic at this point. Uh, there's no other wide receiver duo like them. I don't care what anybody says. I'm trying to think. It's of unbelievable the last right time, now. I'm trying to think of like the last time I could tell that there was a wide receiver combo that was, I mean, this good. Like there both guys combos. are like averaging a hundred some yards a game with I'm, Waddle again, with like a touchdown or two a game. It's it's unbelievable what they're doing. Just thinking, like off the top of my head, of like great combos that I remember in NFL history. Um, I think of Julio Jones and Mohamed Sanu was pretty good in Atlanta, but but certainly not on this level. Even though yeah. Julio is an all-time receiver, um, here's a here's one for you that I don't think compares, but it was a really good one for like one year. Sidney Rice and Percy Harvin in Minnesota with Brett Favre that was a good one. Deshaun Jackson and Jeremy Macklin was decent. It wasn't. It wasn't bad at all. But again, these are only good. This is is leaps and bounds above good. This is we're talking like one of the best in recent NFL history, maybe yeah. even longer term NFL history. Like, dude, you could take Waddle, who's the number two receiver on this team, and put him on almost any other team, and he'd be the number one guy. The numbers that he's putting up, it's it's Look, he's got what forty two catches and seventy seven hundred some yards. How it's <laughs> it's it's a number like how crazy is it though? How similar Miami and Philadelphia are from like just everything they've done. Dude, we said both it all off season. We said it all off season. They just they both made all the right moves. They both built around their quarterbacks. It's insane. I, I like the depth on the Eagles a little bit more. Um but <laughs> yeah. It's it's I mean, nuts, like, dude. Just looking at it, I mean you so Waddle and Hill, I would still say is better than AJ Brown and Devontae Smith, but it's not like it's it's so slanted. Like it's it's still, I would still go in Miami's favor with this, but AJ Brown, I think in terms of like efficiency, he might just be the best receiver in football from an efficiency basis as of right now. I've never seen a guy. I'm talking like terms of like targets and catches. I think his efficiency is slightly above Tyreek's. Okay. I actually want to see. You know what? Now I'm going to look. Yeah. Now okay. See the way you look. I want to look into this. How many right, targets okay. does Tyreek Hill have? All stats. Um, either way, either way, this is not to say. Let's see, he's got guy sixteen. <laughs> he's got sixteen nine catches. It's not even week ten. Yeah, and nine hundred some yards. Yeah, dude, he's crazy. He's so good. What was I? I really would love to know what Kansas City was wondering. What? Why they got rid of him? Um, well, I think you know. I think it was, a, it was a big. It was a lot of money for a guy like that. And when you do have Patrick Mahomes, I mean, dude, they're doing fine. They're doing fine. And honestly, I kind of feel good about that because it was kind of annoying me the amount of shit that people were giving to Patrick Mahomes about how, like, oh, now he's not going to do anything because he doesn't have Tyreek Hill. And it's like, well, well, okay, wait a minute, dude. Like, are we acting like he's just a scrub all of a sudden? What are we doing here? So I'm glad he's, you know, crushing it. Um, 
but yeah, I don't. I I I guess it's just the money thing. I psh, I don't know, man. So know. it's actually it is pretty close in terms of like how like the difference between targets and catches each player has. Obviously, um, AJ Brown has sixty two targets to Tyreek Hill's ninety two. Mm-hmm. Brown has thirty nine catches to Hill's sixty nine. Um, Brown has more yards per reception, but obviously in terms of yards, obviously. Hill has more catch percentage goes in Hill's favor 75% 75% which would be a career high right now for Tyreek Hill so much for the hole he can't get the ball to him AJ Brown 61% which I'm trying to see where that falls on his career that's right around his average for his career so um yeah either way uh Hill definitely the better receiver obviously this year but AJ Brown still incredible D- Devontae Smith still incredible and then you look at the, you look at like the trades that they made. Can I also run at something else by you? What's up? Okay, so AJ Brown, as you said, thirty-two catches for sixty-two targets is about sixty-two point or sixty-two point six percent. Um, yeah. Um, Jalen Waddle is twenty-eight catches for forty-four targets, which is sixty-three point six percent, and he has seven hundred and twenty-seven yards. <laughs> Whereas AJ Brown has six hundred and fifty-nine. I'm not saying Jalen Waddle's better. I'm not. I think Tyreek Hill opens up the no, field no, for Jalen Waddle, stats, which which helps him out. I'm just saying when it comes show, to the efficiency of both receivers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're you're 100 right. I don't even know what I was trying to say with that. <laughs> it's fine, but it's fine. Again, I like the Eagles' depth more than than the Miami Dolphins' depth. Well, one well, guy gets is, hurt. We saw what happened. One guy got hurt, and they lost three games. I don't know if I'm going to see that happening fair, with the Eagles. Oh, okay, all right. If if Jalen Hurts got hurt. Yes. I don't know if I don't yes. know if, uh, my God, I can't believe I'm uh, Gardner Minshew's walking in here. And You're right. Winning, I don't know. You're right, but, but again, I just like the Eagles' offensive line, their defensive line. I think they have just more depth in those areas. But then you look at the trades both teams made. The Eagles go out and they trade Dude. for a defensive lineman in Robert Dude. Quinn, a fourth round pick. They void out the last two years, so they're only paying him seven hundred thousand dollars, while the Bears continue to pay seven million dollars. And I don't know if you remember that he played on Miami for one year. Robert Quinn, I do I do remember him being on Miami. How was he as a Dolphin? He was he was he was good. He wasn't amazing, but he was good. He was good. And I I was upset that they didn't resign him. I was upset that he went to the Rams and then eventually went to the Bears. So yeah, he also was a Cowboy for a little bit. That's where he was before Miami got him. Yeah, I I forgot that he was a uh, that he was a Cowboy. Yeah, so but, dude, like he that, he he is a huge get. He is a huge get for your team. I, when I saw that happening, I was like, son of a bitch, dude. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> they're going for it. it Dude, Howie, Howie knows. Howie knows. Yeah, for what? Like a fourth, a fourth round pick or something like that. That's it. It's ridiculous. Round pick. That's yeah. That's ridiculous. By by comparison, the Steelers obtained a second round pick for Chase Claypool. Which, by the way, I don't want to get into this too totally because I'm we got to cut this one a little uh, short. But why are the Bears wholesaling their defense, but now they're investing on their offense? Uh, Dude, I don't think they. I don't think they know. They're di- I think they're very directionless <laughs> at this point. Yeah, I don't think like, dude. I guess like, what are you trying to give weapons for Justin Fields? Why would you get like some offensive line for Justin Fields? That's what he really I mean, needs more help with. I would think he needs an offensive line and trading your and listen, you're trading your uh, Pro Bowl linebacker, and I get you're getting picks, but you also gave up a pick in order to trade Rokon Smith. Yeah. So it's not like you're just accumulating a- all these assets. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I honestly, I, I feel bad for Bears fans in a way. I, I love oh, the Chicago too. Bears. 
you know, yeah. they're 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 an organization that I've always kind of respected or tried to respect. And the fan base I certainly respect, but you guys the, stink. It's the a fan bad... base and the legacy I respect, but the franchise I feel like has always done this shit. Where they're just well, it's they're the McCaskies. Just... The McCaskies are idiots. Yeah, it's it's kind of all over the place. The other thing I think about San Francisco, right? Like, I I think they're a good team. I think they're going to be good. But like, yeah, what's their plan for the future, man? What are you going to do with Jimmy Garoppolo? What are you going to do with Trey? What the hell is it? What's his name? Um, Trey Lance. I don't Trey even Lance, know his name because yeah. I don't need to. You just traded your future away for Christian McCaffrey. What's the plan after that? If they don't win the Super Bowl this year, they're they're screwed. Like they're like, what are you going to do? Anyway, I'm like, we'll get into that another time. That's another discussion. Yeah. By the way, I just looked into it because, like the like um the original like founding mothers and fathers of football. I just wanted to look into it to see like <laughs> okay with the McCaskies and the Bears. Virginia McCaskey, who she was the wife of, or no, I'm sorry, she was the eldest daughter of uh, George Hallis, which is crazy enough. <laughs> yeah, wow, I did not know that. She is still alive. <laughs> She's 99 years old. She will be turning 100 on January 5th. That's how old I want to get. I want to get so old that people are like, "Holy shit, he's still kicking." I I I remember like. You know, when I saw her like in a in like a picture back in 2016, Ugh. I'm like, oh, she's not going to be alive much. Longer. <laughs> Wait, what, what was her name? I need to look her. Her name is Virgi- Virginia Hallis McCaskey. Okay. Holy crap! She's still alive. Her and Martha Ford. What are they taking? Well, you know, you never know with this. Martha Ford. She's 97. How is Martha Ford still alive? Oh, she doesn't look terrible. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe these might be older photos. And for those wondering, Martha Ford, in case you're wondering when it comes to the Ford family, a lot of people seem to think that Martha Ford was the wife of Henry Ford. Do you know when Henry Ford was alive, people? <laughs> no, no. She is the widow of William Ford, who was the grandson of the Ford founder, Henry Ford. I, like, I shouldn't have to give you a crash course in history, but there you go. Either way. Two of football's matriarchs, ninety nine and ninety seven respectively, still kicking it. So I don't um, know, dude. She's she's looking like she's young at heart in all these photos. Though, like I typed in twenty sixteen to try to see her, but like, are you talking nothing about but smiles or Virginia? Virginia, nothing about smiles and laughter. I mean, she's got a, this, she's, got a she's got a lot to smile about. I mean, she's yeah, yeah, yeah. Part you know, of her NFL really team. <laughs> but listen, they haven't been very good, but they have been very marketable. Oh yeah. Very marketable. I have a Walter Payton jersey myself. Walter Payton. I got it in a thrift store. I didn't just go out of my way that's to get so it. That's so good, just, though. Like, that's that's yeah. an easy buy to have. It kind of kind of has like a hint of a like, cigarette smell, but whatever, dude. It was ten bucks. It, and it's no, stiff. no. It would have to. It would have to be cigar. It'd have to be cigar. It might be. Yeah. It's just yeah. But dude, it's like it's an authentic stitch. It's great. I love it. I love that jersey. Uh, for the Fly Guys podcast, my name oh, is geez. Justin Goodhart. And this has been Cameron Klein. Now, uh, before we quickly go, I just want to give one final shout-out, though, once again to if this is our last podcast before the Philly season ends, Philadelphia Phillies, what a ride you gave us. I can't say thank you enough. Um, and uh, I, I'm hoping, hoping for a title, but uh, I'm going to let this be an archive that say that I can never say that I wasn't proud of you because I am proud of you. So if you give us one more, one more title. Yeah, I'm in the mindset of I've always been a player's person. Um, and, yeah, if they don't win, they don't win. That sucks. But I also I feel like God's a Dolphins fan again growing up. I can appreciate the sport and appreciate even losses. Um, 
the run that they have done so far has been absolutely outstanding. And we're playing with, as fans, we're playing with house money. So the fact that they've been giving this to us, we can't be upset about. Exactly. But exactly. I don't think I have to worry about it because they could still very much win, which would be insane. So. Follow us on Twitter at Fly Guys Podcast, at CameronKline15, at GoodHeartJustin. Come on, game five, go Phils! Okay.